Okay, good morning. This is Richard Shu, host of Shoe Untied. Today I'm very pleased and honored to have with me a guest of Jeff Saper, who's a partner at Wilson Sonsini. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you, Richard. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Jeff, why don't you start by telling me a little bit about your uh, illustrious career in Silicon Valley, how you got started, how you got started at Wilson, and how you got started with your career. Yeah, so I, I had worked in New York for about four years, and then I had an opportunity to go to Washington, and I worked at the SEC in the Division of Market Regulation. The group that I was with was fortunate enough to be involved in some of the really cutting-edge regulations that were adopted during that period, uh, issuer tender offers going private, and a variety of other rules and regs under the 34 Act, and as luck would have it, one of the people I worked with in Washington came back to his native California, San Francisco, became the general counsel of one of our largest clients, and one day had lunch with Larry and just indicated that he knew someone from Washington. Larry had expressed an interest in uh, expanding the securities practice here. So I got a call out of the blue uh, from Larry. The firm was literally uh, 10, 15 lawyers at the time. Wow. Uh, I'd never been in California. And uh, flew out, uh, met with John Wilson and Larry and John Goodridge, Mari Rosati, and several other partners, and uh, was extended an offer. And that uh, initiated a, a series of uh, personal kind of uh, dislocations. My wife had gotten into a residency program on the East Coast and had to apply to medical school to finish up here. And fortunately, everything worked out and she was able to get into Stanford and uh, I accepted the offer. But there was a protracted period where we just had to line things up. Hmm. Well, did it seem like a risky thing at the time? I mean, you're from New York. You probably yeah, never heard I, of this small firm. It just seemed uh, like it was a I mean, I, I was all intent on going back to a large Wall Street firm. I was in a very small group of ex-New York lawyers, and all of them but me returned. And in fact, one of them became a senior partner of your old firm, Sherman & Sterling. Oh, really? And um, Who was that? Uh, Richard Lewis. He mm. was the head of our division and had a very distinguished career at Sherman, New York. Mm. But uh, so at the time, yeah, it was, uh, and added to that was the fact that both of our families were from the East Coast. So it was uh, the classic Greenfields exercise. <laughs> uh, the corporate group was, was very little more than Larry and me at the time. Uh, we had a couple of partners that were doubling up on tax and real estate and trust and estates, but it was a very inchoate kind of uh, department at that point. Well, did you like it from, right from the start or was it kind of rough at the beginning? No, I loved it. Uh, it was extremely exciting. I had a, unfortunately, they didn't have any reciprocity. Uh, I was a member of the New York Bar, so I had to take the, the long form California Bar. Uh, but it was very exciting. In, in those days, as you might expect, you would do anything that came in the door. So as a, a young corporate lawyer, uh, I was doing employee benefit plans. I was doing Series A financings. And then when the occasional public securities work came in, I did that. But you didn't have the level of specialization that you do now. Hmm. Well, when you kind of look back on your career, tell me about two or three maybe highlights or really exciting clients you've worked with or that you had in, in your career. So about, I think I was maybe a first or second year partner, and we were able to pitch and uh, be retained by Apple Computer. And um, Larry and I worked very, very closely with Steve Jobs and the Apple team on that. But 
because of kind of the position I was in, I was on the ground. And so I stayed at Apple for probably four months, uh, virtually every single day, Hmm. uh, just working on that deal. And that obviously was extraordinarily uh, exciting personally for me. And I think uh, really put the firm in kind of a different posture relative to the New York law firms. Uh, We were opposite Davis Polk and Given the prominence of that deal, I think uh, it was a catalyst for a great deal of growth and publicity about our skill sets. And so clearly that one's close to, to mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I would say that even though we're a tech law firm, there was a period in the 90s and early 2000s when I was doing a significant amount of specialty retailing. So companies like North Face, Gymboree, Pete's Coffee, uh, a fresh choice, uh, Borders books, Converse shoes. I mean, I, I just got associated with a bunch of the West Coast uh, investment bankers, and it was prolific during that period, and that was fun. Hmm. Uh, but to your earlier point, another one that I think will always stand out is Infosys, which was the first Indian company to ever go public in the United States. Hmm. It attracted a great deal of publicity, both here and in London. And uh, I served as lead counsel to emphasis, spent a week in Bangalore on that. So that one will always be very significant to me. Have you ever considered, obviously you've been here your, virtually your whole career, you've been a law firm partner your whole career. Did you ever consider any alternative careers, either as a banker or in-house counsel or anything like that? Yeah, it's an, it's an interesting question, Richard. I, I, I did have, just because of the, uh, I, I've done about 300 public offerings, and there was a period in the early 2000s, probably right after, uh, you know, that prolific period of 95 to 2000, where I got a lot of inquiries from the investment banks to, frankly, leave law and join them Mm -hmm. in a tech banking role. Because, frankly, the line that many of us play at Wilson between capital markets, legal work, and a lot of the work that the iBankers do on the tech side is not as different as you might think. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got to know a number of the major banks, and they asked me if I'd consider go and uh, lead their tech banking practice. And I never really took it seriously. I was very flattered. Uh, It's clearly an area and a discipline that I, I am very, very close to. But I was very wedded to Wilson, and uh, I've never seriously thought about leaving it during any of the period that I've been here. And no regrets for your decision? No. I mean, you you know, you look at some of the people that hit it in venture or hit it in iBanking, and certainly the dollars are significant. But I don't think you can be, you can live that way. I think I've been blessed to be surrounded by some extraordinary people here, and not for a minute have I regretted that I just put my head down and devoted my career to this place. How about now? Is the excitement still the same as when you started and worked at Apple, or does it get old after a while? I think the excitement is different. Um, l- look at the change in technology. You've got cloud computing. You've got the globalization of technology to the point where you've got areas that had not historically been thought of as tech areas that are now uh, prolific. So I think you've got to be uh, very astute in terms of not only tech trends, but geographic trends. Mm-hmm. Some people are opting. There was an article in Business Week about uh, Utah and some of the cloud computing efforts up there. You're seeing uh, unicorns developing it within the city of London, which is historically had been a money-centered 
kind of uh, banking organization. And so I think that you just have to be very wide re widely read. You've got to be very attuned to the fact that tech isn't necessarily going to be Route 128 or just the valley. Look at what's going on even in the city. But uh, it's exciting. It's more competitive. It's far more challenging. Mm. But the excitement doesn't diminish for me. When you started at Wilson, did you ever dream that the firm would be this size or this global? Or? I mean, Larry and I had dreams that we'd get to be 100. And then we were, <laughs> I mean, it, we look and we laugh at it. Uh, there was a very brief, brief period when Cravath had left uh, its Hong Kong presence, where we were actually the largest firm either in the country or in the world that was located in one spot. Now, it was 220 lawyers in Palo Alto. But it's hard to envision not only the growth of our firm, but just how prolific, you know, all of the firms have been. When, when I started here, there were a handful of firms in Palo Alto. Uh, Pillsbury and Brobeck uh, and others dominated the legal scene in the Bay Area. Now there are probably 150 law firms that we're competing with here. So you've got to up your game. You've got to be much more uh, sensitive about these types of trends that I've identified. But it's exciting. Mm. I and mean, how could it not be to be one of the senior people in a firm of our size in, in the most dynamic marketplace in the world? Mm. I, you look at the contributions that tech makes to gross national product. If any group is growing, it's going to be technology. Mm. So mm -hmm. you've got to be swept by that excitement. Now, you're a senior partner, Wilson. You obviously work with a lot of younger lawyers. You must mentor a lot of younger lawyers. What, what's the kind of advice you give to younger lawyers today who are starting their careers or just getting into law now? I think you've got to really um, be attuned to your craft. You've got to keep your head down. You've got to work hard. You do have to develop a greater level of collaboration just because of the competitive market that we're in. Uh, I would add being very widely read. So, uh, you know, what I do runs the gamut of kind of startups to large M&A. And I'm finding I'm reading Forbes, Fortune, Business Week. I'm reading the Financial Times every day. Um, obviously the journal, um, but I think, and now you've got all of the blogs and TechCrunch and whatever. So I think it's really devoting some portion of your professional skill sets to just being out there, being present, mm -hmm. um, listening, um, developing a network of people. Uh, really nothing that isn't time-honored, Richard, but... I just think it's going to be harder. We're going to all, all the firms are going to have to amp up their games in this kind of environment. Mm -hmm. Now, Jeff, I know you're a young man, but, and you've done a lot in your career. What, what, do you, what, do you, what about future goals? What do you still hope to do? Or well, what? I've got, I mean, I've, my daughter just graduated from business school, and she's at one of the San Francisco unicorns. My son runs a, a small tech uh, company as CEO. I think a lot of it is exactly what your question suggested. It's mentoring uh, the younger partners in my group and throughout the firm. It's mentoring my own family, uh, just trying to serve as some type of, uh, you know, senior eminent grease, if you will, uh, of uh, kind of the people that are close to me. I get a lot of enjoyment out of that, and I think it's a responsibility that I have and many of the people that you've interviewed have to just pass along the mantles to the next generation. Well, Jeff, this has been a fascinating conversation. I really appreciate your taking the time. If you ever do decide something outside of law, you'll have to come back and tell me about it. Will do, Richard. Thank you. This is Richard Chu and Jeff Saper. Thanks.